When the first issue of Action Comics hit newsstands in June of 1938, it introduced the world not only to Superman, but to the very notion of a superhero, creating a genre that 80 years later has come to pervade our culture and the entertainment it produces. Now that the summer box office is so consistently dominated by extraordinary individuals in impractically tight clothes, with sequels lined up a decade in advance, it's hard to imagine a world without superhero flicks. But in 1978, audiences had never seen a movie quite like Richard Donner's grandiose, big-budget, effects-heavy Superman film. Since then, Superman has anchored seven live-action theatrical feature films, depending on how you count, while becoming an ever more iconic and unavoidable presence in comic shops, on our televisions, in popular song, on lunchboxes and bedsheets and underwear, and the list goes on for very nearly ever. So it really is kind of surprising that despite Superman's pioneering role in the genre and his undiminished cultural ubiquity, his movies tend not to be very good. This is, of course, a subjective judgment. Certainly, it's worth noting that the first Superman film enjoyed nearly unanimous critical praise and spectacular box office success. But it's also worth noting that we're talking about a movie that devoted what was then the largest ever budget for a feature film to a plot in which Superman turns back time by flying west really, really fast. It is a meandering, self-serious slog of a movie, and man, it must have been awesome working in Hollywood back when audiences were that easy to impress. Of course, Zack Snyder's morose 2016 installment, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, cost six times as much and was a critical catastrophe, scoring a 27% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes it only the third worst-reviewed Superman movie ever, and its 63% audience rating puts it right in the middle of the pack. So what's up here? Why doesn't a beloved iconic character like Superman have better movies? Is it some aspect of the character himself that defies compelling filmmaking? Or are the people charged with telling Superman's story failing to realize the character's dramatic potential? Or are all superhero movies bloated formulaic nonsense, just extravagant advertisements for action figures and video games that lose their magic as soon as their visual effects cease to be cutting edge? I don't have the answer, but we are going to get to the bottom of it here on Know You're Wrong, where pointless disputes are fiercely debated. Today, we ask a real live cartoonist whether a good Superman movie is even possible, and if so, what would it look like, and why hasn't anyone made it yet? We've assembled our usual rogues gallery, villain enthusiast Isaac. Hello. And professional defender of scoundrels, Kate. Hello. And here to save us all from these cynical fiends is the creator of the hilarious and charming and insanely quotable comic series, Welcome to Falling Rock National Park. Josh Shalik, we are so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Josh, you and I met on the Indie Comic Festival circuit about 10 years ago. I was immediately taken with your clever work and your Obama t-shirt, but I soon learned from your blog and the hours we spent tabling together and emailing each other and really just bickering with each other at every possible opportunity that you were not just a talented comics writer and artist, but a really insightful reader of comics and movies and television. So I'm really glad to be able to talk to you today about the many incarnations of Superman. Yeah. Am I correct in my understanding that you feel a certain affinity for the young men who created Superman? I, I do. I do. I, I mean, my limited reading about the history of the 
of the Superman comics, um, what really drew me in was the story of his creation, first of all. Uh, two young Jewish men, or they might have even been boys at the time that they created him, sort of created this fantasy of what they wanted to be in their lives. And it sort of became a fantasy of what maybe we all want to be in our lives, in this country at least. And what was that? What did they want to be that they weren't? Did they just want to be big and strong? They wanted to be part of the culture. They wanted to be Americans. They didn't want to be on the fringe. And I think a lot of groups, you know, almost every group that comes into America is is sort of put on the fringe immediately. Mm-hmm. And they sort of have to win their way into the cultural mainstream. But I mean, suffice to say, the Jews were not exactly welcome with open arms. And yeah, I've heard I that. If you're, if you're creating a, a character that was kind of a wish fulfillment, that uh, a Superman uh, might well be the best thing that you could create. So you think that's why we have a character who's essentially wrapped in an American flag as a costume? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think of it first and foremost as, a, as an immigrant story. It's a very American story. It's, you mm-hmm. know, Clark Kent is an alien, literally an outer space alien mm-hmm. who <laughs> crash lands in Kansas and uh, gets raised as, as, a, as a native. Uh, but he is very aware at all times at how different he is. The, right. the difference is that he's got these, you know, superpowers. That <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so this is also 1938, right? It was a year before World War II starts. Um, yeah. It's, it's clearly not a great time for Jewish people anywhere. It's certainly before Jewish people are considered white or, mm-hmm. or you know, like mainstream or however you want to call that in America. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Does this mm-hmm. affinity that you have for the creators extend to the character that they made? I, I see the, the creation as, as part of the character. I think okay. that's why I like him so much. The immigrant story resonates with me quite but, a bit. So the story of his creation resonates through the character himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there have been a lot of Superman movies. Do mm-hmm. you think that they get that character right? I I think that some of the movies have have bits and pieces of of good things in them. I don't think that they're all failures by any means. But I don't. I haven't seen a Superman movie that that I think nails it as as much as you know the Tim Burton Batman movie nailed Batman. Mm-hmm. So what are they getting wrong? Well, I mean, it, it depends on the which one. I mean, I think the Donner one, you know, like you said, I think a lot of a lot of people who are, who are slightly older than than I am would would say that it's a great film and that there's nothing wrong with it. But when I watch it, I see something that's a bit overly reverent, maybe a bit too staid. Um, and then there's that uh, terrible poem in the middle of it. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Just, you know, it made it all the way into the final cut of the movie. Um, yeah. Think about how I, many I, people had to be like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is this, really touching. A lot of people saw that and were like, yep, this is this is it. We've made it. <laughs> I like this poetic poem. You know what comics need is, is more rhyming couplets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think, you know, I, I love the performance that Christopher Reeve gives. I think he's possibly the most perfect Superman that I've seen on on film is he the most perfect superman or the most perfect clark kent uh well that's a good question because i love him as clark kent and if i had my druthers i would make uh a clark kent movie yeah 
I, I agree with that. That would be amazing. So tell, tell us why. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I mean, in one way, it's a lot more relatable. Y- you have the guy who's, who's an outsider, who knows he's an outsider, who's got this crush on this, this Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist lady who doesn't even know he exists because uh, she's in love with the guy that he is on his off hours. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious and it's, you know, it's sad and there's just a lot of room for um, a good story in that, I think. Is, is that a superhero movie? Uh, I don't think that that's a superhero movie. I think all the, the super, uh, the feats of super strength happen off screen in the Clark Kent movie. Isaac, would you watch a Clark Kent movie? Yeah. Would you be excited for that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be. I'd be like, yeah. I really. I'd see in theaters. If that. If that helps. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, I've sold one ticket already. <laughs> you sold two at least. Two. two. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I agree that Christopher Reeve does this kind of bumbling Cary Grant to to Lois Lane's Catherine Hepburn. Like, well, mm-hmm. it's it's charming. It's really fun to watch, but. I don't understand why he's doing it. Do, do you? What, why, why he's like, doing why it? Why is he Clark Kent? Why is he Clark Kent? Why is he and such a bumbling it, oaf? Yeah, like, and why is it so important that he's so awkward and... Um, oh, that's like the opposite of like Superman, right? Just yeah, he has to be more it? than just putting on glasses. Isaac, are you saying that that is his disguise? Like he's such a he's such an idiot that like no one even though he looks exactly like Superman. Like there's like no Superman. way he could be Superman because he's an idiot. And then, Kate, your question is, is wouldn't it be fine to just let people know? Mm-hmm. Well, because if people knew that, like, Clark Kent was Superman, then they'd know that, like, oh, Martha Kent is Superman's mother. And then they'd, like, you know... I don't know. I feel like it would create a, like, problem for the rest of Superman's family to where, like, they would be famous people now. And I don't think he wants that for them. But I guess, you know, like... At least in the in the 1978 Superman, they imagine like he he sort of spends some time in his glass palace and then goes to the big city, and nobody knows who he is. And so I don't understand why he has to keep his Kansan identity when he's now like a Superman. It's not really an identity. I mean, he is like Clark Kent, right? Like, that's how he was raised. He was raised as, like, a normal boy. Well, that's an interesting question, too, because the, the Kill Bill theory is that he's mm-hmm. the only superhero whose real identity is the superhero. Right. And, and not the normal person. And that Clark Kent is is his impersonation of humanity, yeah. and it's a sort of unflattering impersonation. I, I think it goes back to the, I mean, my personal theory of the immigrant story is that, you know, he wants to be normal, have a job, he wants to have an apartment, you know, and he can't have that if he's Superman. He, so that he, was he my can, question, is like yeah. why he has to be Clark Kent at all. And yeah. and you think it's just that he just wants to, he just wants to yeah, like he be was, a person. He was raised... He was raised as a, you know, a normal person. Yeah. And he he likes that better than, you know, living in Antarctica or wherever it is. So that really undermines the Kill Bill theory. It's actually that, like, who he really is is Clark Kent and that, like, having to be Superman is a burden to him. Yeah. But that would be an interesting t- story to tell. Yeah. And nobody well, yeah. to That's this point has seemed interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, will, I will say that I noticed in... Um, Superman three, Josh, which I watched on your your recommendation, oh, and yeah. I actually I actually kind of like. Um, 
that he's he's hardly Superman at all. He's mostly right. Clark Kent in that movie. Um, and it is about that. It is about him like trying to just be a guy. Here's here's where the immigrant story idea of Superman kind of breaks down for me, though. Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, who created Superman, um, as you said, two Jewish boys uh, from Cleveland. Shuster was originally from Toronto. Both of their fathers had changed their names. Um, Siegel from Sigalovich and Shuster from Shusterowicz or Shusterovich. I don't know how you pronounce that really. They belonged to a generation of Jewish people who like wanted so badly to assimilate and, and you know, ultimately succeeded, right? Like Jewish people are like generally considered white now. So whatever that is, like they, they did it. They got it. Yeah, we won. But like, as we talked about, like Superman was created a year before World War II started. Um, it was a time when Jewish people thought it was dangerous to be Jewish. Uh, and like my grandfather has told me that his father used to, so my great grandfather used to say to my grandfather, um, that he had to study really hard and work, get really good grades and learn everything he could because when they break down your door in the middle of the night and believe me, they will, the only thing they can't take from you is what's in your head. And he used to say this to like an eight year old kid because that's how convinced he was that like Jewish people were never really going to be safe and, and accepted anywhere in the world. And this is true of whoever is the like new immigrant population, right? They are vulnerable, like inherently vulnerable. And Superman is not, he's literally invulnerable. So I get it as uh, the wish fulfillment of two Jewish kids who felt vulnerable and like were trying to fit in. But I don't, I, I feel like one of the things that hurts that story's resonance is that like his alienness is not a liability for him. It's a, it's a strength. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like what you guys were talking about the the other week with the the X Men having all the mutants have have really awesome powers and none of them can like grow their fingernails real fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody has a stupid superpower. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the part of the medium is you want to have a character who's who, who people will want to follow their adventures. I don't know. I think I think any immigrant group, any any person who's who's maybe the, the daughter son of an immigrant in America would read something like Superman and say like, yeah, that's I really like that guy because he's doing what I want to do. So that doesn't undermine its resonance as an immigrant story for you that like he basically he can't be harmed. I mean, I feel like so much of the immigrant yeah. experience in America is like right now, right? The mm -hmm. ice is in like turbo mode uh, and like yeah. Like, imprisoning people yeah. as they go to pick their kids up at school and like i i get it as as wish fulfillment but like mm -hmm. how how much sense does it make to say that superman is an immigrant when when like he doesn't face any kind of danger for being alien i mean i don't know if he does i mean he in in a in a modern telling he might that's another that it could be another way the story could go is that you know they've got the the president who hates who hates outer space aliens uh <laughs> wants to round him up <laughs> they've done that before yeah i was gonna say that's the yeah, iron giant yeah. basically right that's true <laughs> but also like in man of steel they like need they want him to like turn himself in oh really in, man, in man of steel he turns himself in because they ask him to and then batman versus superman the whole thing is about like how he has to like basically go to jail for all of the crap he's done or be happy how to count and what is the reason that they want him in jail? 
because he's powerful and he has no uh he has no security he has no there's no security against him they're they're relying on his his goodness yeah but like with the man of man of steel like they just met him like they haven't known him for a while they know him for like literally 30 minutes and they were like wow this guy is like way too powerful let's bring him in all right isaac so do you like those movies not 100 percent. so what is wrong with them and and what would make a superman movie good i think that like what's wrong with superman now in the newest dcu is that he's they just kind of kind of have him as a boring character like you don't feel anything for the character you're not like oh my gosh is he gonna win this fight like of course he's gonna win this fight he's superman or is he gonna die to a really hard punch like no he's just gonna like like whine about it for three seconds and then be fine um and then they're like oh but now they have kryptonite whoa and like i don't care that's so boring um i think that a way better idea is to not have like superman be harmed directly to himself but to the people that he loves to like where he can't save them well that's that happens in the first superman movie that that he's like busy saving you know all of the civilians who are put in danger by lex luthor's devious plan and then lois lane dies and that's why he has to like go turn back time by flying really fast <laughs> um so i like i think that so, like somebody has imagined that conflict but then they just they just like he again like well what he just is like a deus ex machina like he's just able to like manipulate any situation that he wants and then fix it and then and like after he fixes it and saves lois lane we don't even have to see him have to then save the other people again like he's just it's just all like yay i agree i think if you if you make the movie about a feat of strength then it's going to be a very short and boring right. movie or a long or and a very long boring, boring movie. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could just make it go on and on but either way you know it's gonna end but the the interesting part is when superman has a, a moral question it's yeah. the interior you know struggle that makes superman you i know, agree like not like can i punch this guy hard enough but like yeah do I need to hold back or am I like damaging other people when I fight mm-hmm. this big marshmallow yeah. or, yeah. you know, like how do I hold myself back? I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he has to be super both in terms of strength and in terms of moral fortitude. Right. You know, he has to be the example for everyone because he's the only one who can do literally everything. And that seems to be too easy for him in general. Like, it seems mm-hmm. to be too easy for him to be a good guy, to, like, not exploit mm-hmm. the tremendous power he has. That's what I find unrelatable. In the older movies. Okay. Well, I mean, the whole the whole plot of Batman vs. Superman is that, like, he, like, the government's mad at him for, like, not being, like, governed by, by uh, like, a powerful group, like the U.S. government or whatever. And that he, like, just goes around, destroys some property saves the day sort of you know mm-hmm. and like kills five people in the process and like he just does that whenever he kind of feels like it because like oh i'm being a good guy you know yeah i i think it's interesting in the first in the second superman movie how concerned uh they are about property damage and about like innocent bystanders like so much more than in any superhero movies now yeah. um 
there like five cars get blown up the the empire state building uh gets its like tower blown off and there's uh, many many like seconds of footage of people being scared and trying to run out of its way and him saving someone from getting hit by it it's like in that amount of time like several city blocks would be destroyed in any of the new marvel movies but also they did that because it's not like they could afford to make it look like several city yeah. blocks right. have been destroyed but, but one thing that i did find interesting about those movies is that the like everything in the like intervening time between 1978 and now everything has gotten bigger like he has become more powerful and faster and um certainly the physiques male actors are expected to have yeah um and the like amount of destruction that anybody is is able to you know inflict on an unsuspecting population is like exponentially larger and i don't know that that makes it any better like i I don't know. It was, it was, as you said, interesting to see like, okay, so a chunk of this building falls down and we get to see like 50 people run around and try and, you know, like that, that sort of has more impact to me than, than seeing like his laser vision shoot through like five buildings. So you think there's a kind of devastation inflation? Yeah, yeah. Like, every movie has to show, like, more carnage than the previous one. Right. And every every time he is reimagined, he has to become even more powerful when he was really powerful to begin with. He he can fly, and he has laser vision, and he has, like, super coldy breath. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if anything, as, as Josh pointed out, like, he's already too powerful. Like, yeah. already he's so powerful that any kind of physical challenge is not particularly interesting to watch. Yeah. Right, so then why? It's like, okay, so we'll make it more interesting to watch by making him be able to punch harder. Like, that's, I don't, that's not the answer. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because what I've read of him is, or the stories I've read of Superman is, he's actually become more powerful over time, too, uh, you know, since mm-hmm. he was created, just because... Well, of, in the comics as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's just, you know, other comic characters pop up, and then Superman has to be more powerful in relation to them and so it just kind yeah. of escalates couldn't he not fly i thought he couldn't fly at first yeah he could just leap yeah he could jump real high because the right. whole idea of being leap able to leap buildings in a single bound. Yeah. Wait, yeah. why is that even useful if you can fly yeah. <laughs> I, think, I don't know if it's like canon but um in i don't there's like a in a comic series like they explain his flying with telekinesis and that he like now has that power that's right that he like he like can moves himself with his mind basically right yeah which really is the only way to explain how he propels himself through the air but also like there's a lots of there's also ones where he like something happens to him which is like unlocks more abilities of his strength is superman immortal no like is the is the superman that is in the movies right now the same superman that was in the movies in the in the 70s like is, well, they've rebooted. It's not like the same continuity. No, I know, but it's not the same continuity. But Superman actually does age slower from the yellow sun. Hmm. But he does age. He does age, but like super slowly. So actually, it would like it would make sense if it was continuity, but it's not because Lex Luthor is yeah. like the same age in every well, single one. And maybe it would be interesting to sort of have a like a sort of logan style like what if superman is an old man mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah josh i've been reading um all-star superman on your recommendation 
yeah. And uh, one of Luthor's like motivating resentments is that he is aging and Superman appears not to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love I love the, the relationship between those two. I, I think I was talking to a friend about Luthor and uh, he, he equated him to the Elon Musk. Oh, okay, so let's talk about this because I didn't realize... I thought that like billionaire industrialist philanthropist uh, seems like a, a good like model citizen, but actually is evil was the traditional Lex Luthor. But that was apparently created by John Byrne in the eighties. Oh. Uh, uh, he felt like the the in the world of like Wall Street jerks that was going to be relatable to to readers. Um, but the kind of mad scientist Luthor that we get in the movies was actually the original version of his character oh, um which i didn't know and i i find i agree with you i always think of elon musk um i actually i don't haven't seen enough of the of jesse eisenberg to know what his character it seems to me that they have done done a combination right for just for the new lex Luthor of, of a they've done like a a mad scientist kind of like quirky crazy luther is he also like a philanthropist and like a prominent citizen? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he re- uh, after Man of Steel, when uh, tons of the city was destroyed, he, LexCorp was the the company that rebuilt the city. And he's Ooh. like the one that's ca- making cancer uh, medication and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Koch brothers, right? They build hospitals and then they also like destroy our government. Um, yeah. I, I think that that is new uh, and... And he used to just be the the kind of a villain you see in those first two Superman movies, just this like zany, like uh, self-aggrandizing, like I'm so evil, I'm the greatest criminal mind. Um, he's like he's rich, but he lives under Grand Central Station, essentially, right, in, in like a pit, like in nice tunnels. I mean, I think I guess that's interesting to me because there's that quotation at the beginning of Cavalier and Clay, which I'm gonna just grab right now so I don't get it wrong. Oh, it was Will Eisner. Uh, who who said, we have this history of impossible solutions for insoluble problems. Um, and I think the because Superman is this kind of cultural icon who's been around for 80 years, um, the problems that we use him to address, these sort of problems that can't actually be solved, that we imagine him addressing, change from era to era, right? And so, Josh, you sort of see it as being uh, one of... of solving this sort of like problem of unassimilated immigrants in uh in his early years by being like so powerful and so american like like standing for the american way like being more american than america itself and like america has to call on him to defend it uh from nazis and from existential threats and 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 like and it kind of changes and and then uh we have this like i don't know what's the problem we want to see superman address like right now, culturally? Yeah, I mean, so in the, the in government the, in the 80s, right, I think John Byrne is like, okay, I want him to address like the concentration of wealth at, um, and the corruption that leads to it. And like, we have a really powerful guy on our side to, to fight back against all these powerful guys. So can Superman address like, right? Yeah, I think Isaac, you're right. Yeah, can the, he address climate change? Like, this is the problem that we... He can turn we... the world back so that the, it cools right. off. He can, he can fly really fast. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he would address it through his powers, like, his physical powers. He would address it through his, like, power of, like, yeah, I can, like, end you, so go fix global warming, right? 
Like he could go up to, he could go up to the president and be like, "Hey, like go do this." So, so basically, we could solve the problem of government dysfunction by having like someone who is more powerful than than our governments. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really interesting that like you you guys have all convinced me that there is like an interesting um Clark Kent movie to be made. I, we, none of us is really talking about a super a Superman movie. Right? None of us is talking about a movie where like a feat of strength, like where his powers like save the day really. Right, it's always like his idea saves the day. Yeah, maybe that's the Superman movie is that, you know, he's 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 got all this strength but but when it comes down to it there's an issue like like climate change that he can't just punch you right know? and he has to figure out another way to gather people to rally people to to affect some real change one thing that i thought was interesting watching the original superman movie is that his father tells him he's not supposed to interfere in the course of human events right his krypton father which is is yeah his like marlon brando yeah i know (laughs) well which is and then but then he's like it's your job to protect these humans yeah because they're dumb and then he likes immediately starts and he like turns back time or whatever and there's no like thought process to it and no like consequence for him as superman and that is something that I find really frustrating because I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to set up a limitation for a character, you need to have him follow it or there need to be consequences when he doesn't follow it. Yeah. Well, also that limitation is, as I can, as far as I can tell, entirely arbitrary. And I can't believe it doesn't drive everyone bonkers about this movie. His entire presence on the earth is an intervention in human affairs, right? Like he's sent here and his dad's like, you have to like enlighten and save these people, but you're not allowed to interfere. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe he can't buy... Uh buy disney or something (laughs) you can buy marvel but not disney (laughs) yeah yeah. you're not allowed to buy marvel out from under disney's nose even if you think it would save the characters um we'd get a lot really meta now (laughs) we get a lot of marvel addresses the audience i know superhero movies haven't always been good but (laughs) this one's gonna be really good (laughs) follow me also, the Spider-Man Superman movie is happening. So I th- I kind of think that this feeling that Superman is too powerful to be interesting is um, tacitly admitted by like everyone who tells a Superman story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what Kryptonite is basically. Like there are these there are a, a couple of stories that we tell about Superman or the people who tell Superman stories tell about him over and over and over again, and they're all about him like letting us down or disappearing or failing or becoming evil, right? And and one of the most common is um, that he loses his powers and he's just a regular guy. Um, it happens because of Kryptonite. It happens in Superman too because he just like chooses to lose his powers and. And it's irreversible, and then it somehow gets reversed off camera, and we never know why. But then, it's just a story about a regular guy, and like, is that interesting? I think it's interesting because he he had to make that choice. Like, no one no one gets to make that choice in real life. But if he's no longer super powered, then the whole like interesting idea of him dealing with like his Superman life but being Clark Kent goes away because he's no longer super powered. There's like five, maybe fewer than five minutes of Superman 2 that I thought was really compelling when he gets into, he like, he tries to like, uh, you know, 
white knight for for lois who's getting hit on in a bar and gets his ass kicked um and is like oh i'm bleeding like i'm feeling pain this is awful and um and just like experiences pain for the first time and that was really interesting to me and then it was like all right enough of this i'm going back to being superman (laughs) like almost immediately and i i kind of would watch a whole movie about that or at least like a whole a whole second act about him like getting his wish to what you what you josh see as his wish to be a normal guy um and and like getting to live that way and getting to see like that it's it's hard out here for us humans also just like looking at this whole conversation generally this is all going like can you make a good superman movie is all based on like what people want from a superman movie like i just read a review saying like wow i wish superman movies were good how to make them good is to make superman punch people even harder so some people (laughs) like just want some people's perfect superman movie would just be him fighting the whole time and like whatever that's boring and fine but like this is all like opinion based so for us a good superman movie has to be like compelling and like good drama but for others it could just be you know Let's have them fight really hard. And, like, die-hard DC fans love Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, they do. But they do. Yeah, as as mentioned, there's a 63% audience rating as opposed to a 23 or whatever percent uh, critic rating. So, so, so this is a really good point, Isaac. Um, could the movies that we're talking about even get made? Like, can you make a big-budget movie that isn't just about Superman beating people up? Yes. Like it really like like it could get funded, it could get made. People would believe in it. I mean, I mean, like think about how narrowly from the Star Wars formula, the newest Star Wars movie has yeah, has but it veered, got made, and people are so angry about it. Look, like half half of the fans are oh, so upset, and I want them all to burn in a volcano. <laughs> and we will we will do an episode where we burn those fans in a volcano. Um, but yeah, yeah, Josh, uh, a lot of a lot of fans are like. Cir- circulating but petitions there, to have it removed a, from canon. There's a Batman movie where he breaks his back and then he can't be Batman for like half of the movie. It's the Bane movie. Yeah, and that part of that movie is also way too short. Well, yeah. All right, so let's let's talk about this because when Josh and I were kids and I assume, I don't know, Josh, this was when I was just getting into comics and I, I think it may have been for you too, but certainly a, a formative time for us. There were two big DC storylines. Um, one of them was... Uh, Bane breaks Batman's back and he very slowly recovers over a year and it's about everyone else in Gotham City trying to get on without him and in the other big DC storyline Superman is killed by Doomsday Um, and and again the comics spend a year in like four different comic book titles Um, so like like probably like a hundred issues right of yeah, like other people deal. trying to take his place, like Metropolis trying to get on without him, like what happens to the world without a Superman. My Superman movie, and I don't know if this counts as a Superman movie, would be that. Would be like, how do we manage without Superman? Once you have him and you come to rely on you him. You come to rely on him, yeah. I think it's possible that you you just can't tell a compelling 
story arc about that kind of occurrence in a movie. Like maybe it has to be serialized, you know, it has to be a television show or a miniseries or a comic book. Um, like a two hour movie can't create that kind of tension and drama like because the audience is like, well, why are we watching this like two hour movie about people just walking around? Like yeah. I didn't I didn't come to see Lady Bird. I came to see <laughs> Superman. <laughs> right, but what it's like to be like a teenager in Sacramento when there's a new Superman, I would totally watch that movie. <laughs> right, no, I, I think love that's that movie. <laughs> No, I think that's right. And I'm not even sure you could do it. like what my point by saying like these both of these events took a year to resolve themselves is is exactly that. It's like they as readers who actually like I went to the comic book shop every week and got the new issue of like both of those storylines like I spent a year of my life without both Batman and Superman like I had to live it right and and like obviously I was okay I don't live in a world that relies on Superman but um to the extent that I was like invested in those stories and I don't know I mean that arc is way too short in the Christopher Nolan Batman movie to me but I don't know that even if they had made it longer, like as Kate says, I don't know that it's long enough that you actually really feel like, oh God, what if he's not coming back? Um, I don't know if that story can be done. They have tons, I mean, for the comic book version, they had like tons of books and tons of like more time, like actual uh, book time to talk about that. If you have a two hour long movie, like you can't really spend half of it, when like an hour of it when Batman's like, you know, broken back. Like you spend... I think in the movie, like around 30 minutes when he's like not being Batman. Right. And they say that like, you know, seven months pass by or whatever while he's, while he's, uh, you know, broken back man. Right. Um, and like, and it's, it sucks that like you don't get to see more of those seven months, but like you have to do that. Right. Like you, you, you only have a certain amount of time unless you make the movie like four hours long, which mm-hmm. I would be fine with, but you wouldn't be. No, I would be if it were good. And, but even if it were four hours long, I don't know that it's enough time, right? I think, like, maybe if you made people wait... Yeah, but wait... That's, that's not, a, like, a jab at a, the movie. That's just a jab at, like, the fact that it's, like, that's just how movies work. Like, you have to speed things up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they just make it, maybe they just make it as, a, as, a, as a question for Superman. You know, he, he has to make a decision. Like in Superman 2, you know, he, he had to make a, a decision, and it was... It, it, you would expect in real life that that decision might have taken Clark Kent some more time to make, but in the movie, it's fine that he just does it, you know, right away. And I mean, I don't know. In Superman two, he makes that decision for a really stupid reason for a woman that he barely knows. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like I don't know. Like I just like I didn't I didn't buy. I think the two actors have some chemistry, but I didn't buy that their romance was so deep at that point that he was like, yes, I will no longer save humanity. I will just yeah. have relations yeah. with this woman <laughs> like, forever. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is not compelling He didn't even to me. consult with her. Right. He wasn't he even was like, like, oh, is it okay that we're just going like, to have by regular By the way, I sex? hope it's not just because I'm Superman that you're in love with me, which it clearly is. <laughs> I know Lois Lane is it, for a very smart character, or supposedly smart character. She's very shallow. When it yeah, comes to and she has like no interest in Clark Kent, and then she's yeah. like, "You're Superman. I think yeah. I love you." <laughs> right, and the part of that I can't buy is that when he's like, "Oh, by the way, I just got rid of my superpower," she's like, "I still love you." I was like, "Wait, are you sure?" Is that because I didn't see you to be what you liked about the before. house? 
Seems like you thought the Clark Kent was kind of a yield. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I think would be really cool is if, uh, like, like DC themselves came out with a uh, TV series which got, like, production value of movies. Okay. For example, uh, the CW has the Arrowverse where they have four different shows, uh, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends. And, like the general like fan consensus is that the cw like shows are better than the, the dc movies right now yeah, and I, like i agree they're fun and and they get like like a one hundredth of of the uh production value like per five episodes mm-hmm. um and like sure the cg doesn't look that great but like they're good like yeah. they have good they have good storytelling like i think the flash ha- at like mostly most points has like some good drama and like they're fun they're really fun and they're interesting well, and, and they just have more time to flesh the care like the to flesh the characters out specifically it's all really about the characters one of the you know things that they're getting wrong over at the the dc cinematic universe is that they're just throwing money at the 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 movies they, they think that you can just you know you can put you know sink two or three hundred million dollars in a movie and it'll just be good uh but yeah, the cg you know, is good it's good yeah i mean it looks good but i think people will forgive a you know a little chintzier looking uh flash of light in the sky if, if the story is, is really i certainly would i think also you could, I mean, so for example, I think for Arrow, at least in the early seasons, that was actually a merit of the show is they did a lot of practical effects and like cool choreography and stunts. I still do. Yeah. If you were to do a world without a Superman story, you maybe wouldn't need a huge effects budget, right? And you could actually spend your money on actors and, and like making the shots look nice. I don't know if you can do a, a death or a disappearance story anymore, though. Now that I'm thinking, I, I've been kind of thinking about this. I when they when they did that in the '90s, uh, it hadn't been done before, as far as I know. I mean, maybe or we were the character kids. had died, but come back by the end of the same issue, right? You know, or something like that. But this was like a sustained arc, and, and now it feels like if you did something like that, the audience would know the end of the movie. Yeah, and. And that's why I think that kind of story yeah. doesn't really work in film. I think it, yeah. it really didn't work in Justice League for me. Like, you know the whole yeah. movie that he's coming back. Yeah. And it's just You're just waiting for it to happen. And it wasn't about, like, regular people trying to get on with their lives. It was about, like, superheroes fighting a big bad guy who was too strong for them. And you're like, okay, then mm-hmm. the problem will be solved by them getting the stronger guy back from the dead. <laughs> you know what we need? Right. We need, like, a... A super. <laughs> that movie totally agrees with the fan forums, which is which believe that like we just need somebody to punch somebody else even harder than we've ever seen them punch each other before. <laughs> I I feel like that's like that seems to describe an addiction to me. Like every time you need to see people like even bigger people punch even other bigger people to like get the same high that you got the first time. <laughs> like, it's it's weird that that what 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 does it actually say? Do you still have that forum up, Isaac? Mm-hmm. So one person said, "What would make a good Superman movie? An actual fight sequence. They need to put Doomsday or Zod, just someone he can fight." Uh, a guy after that said, "Yeah, I totally agree. I want to see Superman throw down with someone really hard. I want to see a knockdown, drag out fight, 
with Superman and someone. <laughs> TBD. Just describing every single Superman, every Superman movie, movie that's ever been made. And this is why I'm not sure that we could get our Clark Kent movie made, because this is what fans want. Right, exactly. is they're like, you know what the problem with these Superman movies is? is people aren't punching each other hard enough. Right. <laughs> you know how the last fight sequence is like 30 minutes long? It should be like 90 minutes long. <laughs> also, this guy said no kryptonite this time. Like then it's then then he literally like it's even more boring, which is really hard for to say. Yeah. So I think I think what we need is is a is like a sub genre in the superhero genre is like superhero films where there's no superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the alter egos of totally. the superheroes. So I'm just like reading this dude's post. He said that it would be cool if like Superman actually went up against Brainiac. Which I think would be like kind of cool, actually, because I'm, I'm sure you know, but just just for the viewers, uh, Brainiac is like a supercomputer uh, from Krypton, which depending on which like version of the Superman story, like either didn't tell the Kryptonians that their planet was blowing up, and he Brainiac has is his goal is like to collect all the knowledge from the universe and then like destroy the but he's like a he's like a mind guy right and i think it would be interesting if superman number one had to deal with someone who maybe he wouldn't like punch really hard but also i think it'd be interesting to see superman deal with like brainiac knows everything about krypton right right and like he knew his father and like was you know like uh sort of kind of friends with his father and like they they worked with each other and stuff and i think that'd be kind of interesting in 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 what I find to be the more compelling uh, versions of Lex Luthor, he is also smarter than Superman, right? Like he's he's actually kind of a step ahead of him, and and I agree, like that is much more interesting than seeing Superman in a in a physical contest really with anyone, um, because then you just get into this kind of like inflation situation where it's like, well, yeah, Superman is vulnerable because we made Doomsday who punches even harder than Superman punches. You know, it's like great, that's not interesting i mean i think that's part of what made the uh watchmen comic books so amazing was that these these characters with different different powers uh were not able to stop the, the bad thing from happening right in spite of their best intentions well because they they only had the the abilities that they had right they mm-hmm. weren't like they they weren't also like super smart like only one of them was super smart and yeah. so yeah they really highlight the danger of giving an ordinary person that much power, right? The the way that super the Superman story and a lot of superhero stories, we kind of talk about this to some extent in the third episode, cover that um, danger is like, oh, this person is wise and even tempered enough to be able to manage this like incredible power that that the authors have bestowed upon him and not just like be a danger to everybody. But in, in fact, like I would be a danger to everybody if I had that kind of power. Like I'm not smart enough, right? I'm like to, to wield it. Uh, I'm not like even tempered enough. Yeah. I think that a lot of the kind of plot lines that we're talking about um, would, I think we keep coming back to this idea of like a TV show or a serial because a lot of these plot lines, like maybe just aren't compelling in a single movie. I think that, um, like Superman, uh, so he disappears a lot. He re- disappears and returns, uh, which to me is um, like Freud's uh, Fort Da. Like uh, he, he Freud, um, 
observes his his grandson playing with a toy and throwing it away and being like, oh, it's gone, and then getting it back and being like, it's here. Um, and that he sees that as as like the him um, rehearsing and rehashing the trauma of like your parents going away and coming back to, to sort of like neutralize that trauma. Um, and that is what I think like we do with Superman stories. Um, I see Superman as like this universal dad figure and or like parent figure. And he is like constantly we keep telling these stories about how like dad lets us down. Either um, he gets kryptonited and he's not as powerful as we believed he was when he was when we were young, or he like disappears. He like runs out on us and, and he's not around when we thought he'd always be around. Or he gets turned evil by black kryptonite or by like whatever the the fake kryptonite in Superman three, right? And and like maybe like you love your dad, but he has a substance abuse problem or like, you know, he's got a bad temper or whatever. Like and then this like powerful force that you thought is there to protect you and save you is is like now a destructive force. And all of those are these kind of traumatic events that take like a a reckoning over time and I don't know that you can exercise them in the course of like a two and a half hour movie just just because as you said Josh like you like what's gonna happen you know it's all gonna be okay and the that kind of um trauma and fear as it relates to your parents like is that you don't know that Um, and maybe sometimes they actually die right like I mean definitely everyone's parents actually die eventually and and like you have to live without them forever and you never have to do that in a movie it's always just like until everything's okay again and I think similarly to your your take of as this is an immigrant story, um, there's so much wish fulfillment involved in like Superman always comes back to life. He always like fixes everything that went wrong. Um, that, that like it, it, he's too strong. He's too great for those stories to really be resonant. You never really like have to go through the agony of whether it's the immigrant experience or the, like the losing your parent experience or like whatever it is that, that is trying to resonate you never really get there in the course of a two-hour movie. Um, all right. So I have, I have a question for uh, Kate, moderator, and Josh. So I, like, I'm just going to like a throw, throw a plot line out, and I want to know about your feedback. So the uh, biggest villain in all of the Superman stories is like pretty much Darkseid. Uh, and in like a Superman animated TV series... Like, Darkseid, you know, kills someone who Superman really likes, and Superman, like, loses it. And, like, just, like, because of that, like, loses his cool and, like, does a lot of harm to, like, his city and the people around him because of it. Like, would that be an interesting plot line? Plot, like, plot, uh, would it be an interesting movie or plot device, do you think? I could see that. I, I could see that being interesting. Yeah, I think, I think the interesting part... Uh, well, one of the interesting parts of Superman is that in spite of the fact that we, we call him Superman and think of him as infallible is that, you know, he does he does have a personality, which means that he does have flaws. You know, he's he was raised by humans. And so he he has it has been raised with human sensibilities. And I think a lot of people who in the in the stories people who don't know him just see him flying around saving things and they think oh it's just that's our force of good 
he's always going to be there <laughs> no matter what uh and if they see a crack in that it might be interesting dramatically is does that just make him like wolverine does that just make him like a typical anti-hero at that point no no i, I don't think he has to be like he doesn't have to be like emo spider-man or something he could just be you know human <laughs> more human but i don't yeah i mean i, I think that's interesting because i i think that would be an interesting story but i don't know if people would buy it as a superman story because i, I don't i feel like every time i see superman he's not he's not relatable because he's so he's so reasonable and he's so just and he's so kind and um I just don't see that as a character who would lose his mind over one human. In the like Superman animated series, that is a that is a thing where Darkseid like kills his best like police detective buddy who he like always, you know, works with and stuff. And then he loses his cool. It, this would be a long movie because you'd have to set up set it up a lot. But like if you set up Lois Lane or, or his mom or whoever, like somebody in his family and and superman's relationship up really well and then had like dark side kill them it would be better right because like but you you would have to do a good job of like setting that up it's it's interesting to me that everybody else's parents every other superhero's parents are killed by a villain right and um his his father is killed by a heart attack uh so there is right from the outset this idea of like okay there are things that your powers can't address yeah, um that was one of the best storylines in the all-star superman i just like the idea that yeah that yeah he he's got these superpowers but ultimately he can't stop a heart attack well and also maybe lex luther can stop a heart attack right like he's the guy who like funds medical research yeah yeah Good if if like he has to go to Luther and be like, yeah. yeah, can you save my dad? And Luther's like, okay, but like kill this guy for me and then sure, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe he can't stop his dad's heart attack, which already happened. But like there are these things that Superman's powers can't address that maybe like, I don't know, uh, like maybe the, the power of like philanthropy can address. I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to give philanthropists too much credit. But generally for me, my favorite Superman like things are like the animated tv series because like if it's not live action and it's a like 22 kids tv series it doesn't matter as much right so you don't like care about the character development or the plot and the plot whatever it's more of just like yeah this is cool and it's fun right yeah. when it comes to that it's all about fun i, I think that's true of, of a lot of the superheroes i think because they were made to be serialized it wasn't meant to be like here is the Superman story that you're going to watch for the next four years. It's just like, this is the superhero, the Superman story that came out this month. And if you didn't like it, there's going to be another one next month. You know, on and on. My favorite, uh, like, DC animated TV show was, uh, like, Justice League Unlimited. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not on anymore, but it was a lot of fun. And it's cool. And what's fun about it? It's the superheroes that you like to see do things and sure most of it is just them punching each other hard but like that whole for me at least that like oh oh, this is so boring kind of goes away just because it's like you know it's a 23 minute episode or it's just like it's yeah this is fun seeing these characters i've also only watched a little bit of that with you and dad but i actually think like i kind of get more of the characters relationships from that than i did from the justice league movie just because there's so much of it yeah and and the stakes are lower. I think that goes back to you know what we were talking about is that 
the fallacy of 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 bigger equals mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. you know i don't think that it has to be like a monumental story just because it's a movie it can be a smaller story yeah absolutely the, the stakes don't always have to be the world will end which as right. we've talked about in previous episodes i think is just incredibly dull yeah. Um, there, there have been some Superman serials that have lasted for a while on television, right? There was the, um, the George Reeves mm-hmm. Adventures of Superman. That was that was like the first one, right? I um, think so. But more recently, well, there was I don't know if the cartoon was first. The there was like the oh that's the right Fleischer cartoons. Um, but more recently, there was Smallville, which ran for a long time and people really loved. I I didn't watch a, a ton of it, but um, but again, that wasn't. It's kind of a superhero story, but it's also sort of just like a story about um, like growing into a body you don't understand, which like all of us have done. That's a story, again, that it would be hard to tell in a movie, but you can sort of tell week after week in, a, in this kind of like um, slice of life kind of way. Um, I think similarly, uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, which was on TV when I was a kid, was like about like not, you know, like falling in love and like wanting someone to not really know who you really were, which I, again, I think is something that most of us have experienced. Um, <laughs> they, those both sort of focus on Clark, right. Rather than on Superman. So I think they follow your idea, Josh, but they're not movies. They're, they're these like day to day TV shows. Yeah. All right. So in Superman two, which Kate and I watched recently, um, <laughs> this scene I thought was kind of incredible. Um, Superman has like, lost his powers willfully so he can live with Lois Lane. They don't really explain why one is necessary, a necessary condition for the other, but sure, whatever. Meanwhile, the Earth gets attacked by three uh, Kryptonian criminals who, uh, the, to whom the president somehow abdicates rulership of the entire Earth, uh, and, and they're like taken over and messing everything up. And um, we go to the newsroom and and Perry White says, like, where is he? Like, every time a kitten gets caught in a tree, he's there to save us. And, and he's not there now, right? It's this, like, where is dad kind of thing that I was talking about before. And then Jimmy Olsen says, maybe we just haven't figured out his game plan. And I just had this, like, flash to uh, almost exactly one year ago with, uh, do, do you guys know about the Eric Garland tweet storm? The, uh, the time for yeah. some game theory. So the the horrible election has just happened. We are all like waiting for Trump to assume the presidency and uh, everyone is going out of their minds and people are coming up with all of these like different theories like, well, there's going to be a Supreme Court challenge to the validity of the election or like Obama's going to do this or that. And like uh, time goes by and none of this stuff is happening. And this this absolute nobody named Eric Garland tweets on December 11th, thread i'm now hearing this meme that says obama clinton et al are doing nothing just gave up guys it's time for some game theory and he goes on this um admittedly beer and adderall fueled like hundreds of tweet long thread about like how we are going to be saved from this horrible outcome by like our heroes who are really there and we just don't know their game plan right like exactly what (laughs) <laughs> what Superman said. So to me now, there's this kind of resonance um, with the like Superman's gone story of like our institutions failing us and the like the like people who we generally liked in those institutions, like only being so powerful or only choosing to do so much or being able to do so much, however you want to look at it. Um, and, and I wonder like 
if there's a movie there. Superman and Obama team up. Obama's third term. <laughs> the Superman. I, I know, Josh, that you are a huge Obama fan, but to me, like the the resonance is like us being like like protesting in the streets and then seeing yeah. this picture of Obama windsurfing with Richard Branson, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that to me is the is the story. Like all the sort of interesting Superman stories I can imagine are about like Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane and Perry White and everyone else just like dealing after he's gone, being like, oh, we thought we could count on this guy and we have to take care of ourselves. And I, it might just be for me that like, I don't buy this story anymore. Like the story that like the, the big strong man is like, can be trusted and will save you and has our best interests at hearts. Like, I just can't believe it. It is like inherently not resonant to me. Well, that's what makes Superman Superman. That he's like one hundred percent like good and uh like has straightforwardly like just has and a good heart. Not interesting. Right. I agree. That I agree. I feel like that's the problem with No, him. I think that's why you have to introduce, you know, some some something to trip him up or, or, or something. Or make to, him bad make or him make question him... or yeah, or just yeah. make him really mad. Mad enough to punch somebody. Right. It'd also be really funny if like they there was a like a funny Superman movie where they just like always made fun about like how stubbornly like optimistic he was or something like that. <laughs> like basically a movie like about my dad. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> like, like like even when they're like close to death, he's like, guys, we're gonna be great, it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna make uh hard boiled eggs when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be really interesting to me too and it might just be because I share a dad with Isaac but like a movie about his like his demeanor his like super positive outlook being actually like a liability is is uh, that is interesting to me but also I just think it'd be like a generally like that that would be like where the comedy comes from from a Superman movie right yeah and well and which is you know which is Superman 3 which is like playing for laughs which actually yeah. kind of works for me in a Superman movie yeah. because it's so the whole character is so over the top yeah. Um, Josh, you, I know, really like All-Star Superman. Do you think that that could translate to a movie? And well, at first, what do you like about it? And, and second, do you think it could be translated to a movie? Yeah, uh, it was the first Superman comic that I read that I really, that really drew me in. I guess it was the, the, the melancholy nature. I mean, it's, you know, the story is, I don't, and without giving too much away, I guess, I, he's, he's dying. Superman has, has discovered that he is, is dying. And so it's kind of about the last few things that he wants to do before he, before he goes. It's his bucket list. Right. See, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. He thought he had all this time for these projects, and, and now he realizes that, oh, well, it's quickly wrapping up. Um, and there's something, uh, I don't know, I, I, I like that. And maybe that is a good story to tell in two and a half hours, right? Because it's got a ticking mm-hmm. clock. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think it could be quite as elaborate as All-Star Superman is because there's a different right. location, like every 16 pages. But yeah. um, I just like, don't think you could actually make that movie. But that's sort of a thing I, I do. But also because of that, it really leans into the just like whimsy and absurdity of a lot of the different Superman stories. Like he's got his super dog. He's got the really like bizarre mm-hmm. super villains. Like he kind of goes mm-hmm. through all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it yeah. leans into... Uh, the the sort of flights of fancy of Superman. It doesn't try to make it necessarily realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. 
<laughs> All right, let's make it. You guys, everyone down? We're going to make that movie? Yeah. All right, Josh, you have really insightfully illuminated uh, the inner conflicts of Superman. We appreciate you coming here to do that for us. I, I still would like to know one thing. In All-Star yes. Superman, Lois Lane gains Superman's powers for 24 hours and accompanies him as his sidekick for that one day. Mm-hmm. If you could ride shotgun with any superhero for a day, who would it be? Ooh. And like you would get their powers? Mm-hmm. And I would get their powers. But like um, they're the expert, right? So you, you kind of like tag along. But I'm, I'm the little buddy. But you don't like die immediately. You're not just a liability. You have powers. <laughs> this question is basically asking what superpower do you want to have for a day? Well, no, because you also have responsibilities. Like what superpower do you want to have for a day? It's not like you just fly around and you're like, check it out. I can fly, ladies or gentlemen or both. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's that like you have a job to do, but you have the skills to do that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, come back to you. If you yeah, want. come, come yeah. back to me. Yeah. I, I think you can have any uh, the, the Flash. Oh yeah. All right. So I think that it. like, I think that number number one, super speed is like my dream superpower. Yeah. Uh, two, I think that like the Flash is the lighthearted character in the DC universe. So like, it wouldn't be like working with Batman and you'd make a joke and he'd stare at you and be like, "Get out," <laughs> you know? So you'd you'd make a joke and. and yeah, you, like Flash would be like a guy who'd be like, yeah, like jokes are funny, and you know, <laughs> and like it'd be like a more of like a lighthearted, yeah, let's take this bad guy out, but like make fun of him while doing so, and like you know, in super speed, like roll your tongue out at him, you know. If we, I think if it'd we be both fun. run in circles really fast, we could make an even bigger tornado. Yeah, you know, like it's cool, it's fun. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good choice. Um, and you wouldn't when he was like, okay, like we've got another metahuman, you wouldn't be like, ah, oh, that's a lot of work. I'd be like, oh, it's a lot of work, but that's the thing with the Flash. You can do it so quickly. <laughs> so you just get your chores done really fast. And yeah. Okay. Basically. Yeah, your homework would not take you very long I would, at all. I would win at every single video game. Yeah, that's true. You would win. Well, only if you had an expensive enough rig, I have learned. Um, Kate? Um, so I, I guess I'm not sure if he's actually a superhero, but I think... I have a similar answer to Isaac in that I, I would really just want to hang out with Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, yeah, so you'd get a super suit. You'd I would get, get like a super yeah. suit, yeah, and just like fly around with him and you know make jokes and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that would be cool. I would want to like spend. Time I guess Spider Man also could, maybe for me because he's like also oh, yeah. like a teenager and like you know he likes Star Wars and and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and and swinging on buildings. And he's like, like he's like like a fanboy of all of the superheroes. Basically, just like me. All right, Josh, what do you think? You got anything? All right. Yeah, I had some time to to peruse my my bookshelves. <laughs> and you guys are time. And you <laughs> want to hang out with Jimmy Corrigan, the smartest want... kid on earth. <laughs> he's the smartest. He's so smart. I <laughs> I saw the the spirit. Oh. I landed on the spirit, and I thought that would be a lot of fun. That's I, I the think spirit. he's a he's the Will Eisner superhero. Came back from the dead, mm. and yeah. it's very noirish and funny and a lot of adventures so yeah i, I like that yeah I like the tone and the and the art <laughs> so you you, you want to do it because you'd be well drawn well? yes yeah. absolutely you get to be drawn by will eisner that's a good okay then all right i understand the many reasons that this may be controversial but uh i choose catwoman uh 
First, I finally get to stop sucking at gymnastics, which I have wanted to do since I was very young. We spend the day together being badasses, looking good as hell, and expropriating the wealth of a bunch of assholes who don't want to pay the estate tax. And then when I'm done and I lose my like awesome acrobatic cat burglar powers, uh, I'm still super rich. I buy a swanky apartment with a room I don't even need, which I turn into a recording studio full of fancy mics and gear so we can keep coming back at you week after week with new episodes of Know You're Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you thought of this picture. Tell us how to build a better Superman on Twitter at Know You're Wrong Pod. We are putting together a mailbag episode where we answer your questions, so get at us. If you enjoyed the show, you can help everyone else find out about us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We're finally on iTunes. You have a five-star rating so far. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, we really appreciate those of you who have already done so. Keep those stars coming. Give us all your stars. Uh, our music is by Sugar Funk and me, your mild-mannered moderator, Kenan. Special thanks to our special guest, Josh Shalik. His comic, Welcome to Falling Rock National Park, follows the misadventures of the lovable misfit animals who inhabit a fictional park in the American Southwest and the beleaguered park ranger who tries to keep them out of trouble. It rules, and you can find it at joshshalik.com. Definitely also check out his Instagram at KidShayComics, where you'll find delightful portraits of astronauts and surfer girls and devious animals and just everything good. Josh, <laughs> please come back and school us all again soon. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I just want to say that um, for our like basically 65 viewers, probably not even that much, uh, we basically already have the same amount of views on our Santa Claus episode. Yeah, uh, check out the back catalog. It's at knowyourwrongpodcast.com, and we have episodes about cool stuff like should you regulate superhumans? God, Jura the Jurassic Park one really needs to get more views. Yeah, uh, should we that bring dinosaurs back from extinction? Listen, find out, tell us if we're wrong. Should esports be in the Olympics? That one did pretty crappy. I know, but it's really good. I think it was just because it was over Christmas. Guys, you didn't like that episode enough? Listen again. Like it better. <laughs> you don't like us the right way. Like us the right way now. We appreciate your affection. We would just like it to be more and better. Uh, <laughs> we will be back to address another quandary of little consequence when our newfound powers wear off. Until then, may all your takes be truthful and just, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>